Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. We're back. Another Millie Maker to cover this week over on DraftKings for the PGA. We're looking right now at the Rocket Mortgage. And for this week of the Rocket Mortgage, we're going to be heading to Detroit, the PGA Tour, where it's going to be going there for just the second year. So right at the top, if you're somebody who influences or uses course history into your projections or the way that you like to play or really talk about things, it's easy to kind of talk about it. But how do you actually use it? Sometimes on specific players at specific courses, I'll give players like a 5% bump because Phil Mickerson and Jason Day showing up to the AT&T Pro-Am every single year and finishing top five or winning the goddamn event after showing no form, there's something to that. But for this, nothing. One year of play last year, you can say that those guys have a little bit of an edge on some of the other similar skilled players actually getting to play the course. Um, But I'm sure these guys have played the course at some point. And if not, it's not that big of a deal just playing two rounds to four rounds of golf at this course. So no course history is really going to matter here. So I'm just going to be really taking it off for the most part. We could reference what they did in 2019, but it's not going to matter as much in my opinion. So welcome if you're brand new. My name is Sal Vetcher. I cover fantasy sports in the football space and NBA and obviously right here in golf as it's the mecca right now of every single week we're getting Millie Makers. I love it, but we're getting something different this week. First three weeks, we had a lot of Pete Dye courses. We had a lot of shorter courses right in the 6,000s last week when Dustin Johnson goes ahead and wins. And thank you, Dustin Johnson, because last week when Scotty Scheffler and Colin Morikawa, two of my four highest home players, don't make the cut, uh, not very good for the DFS side of it. But when Dustin Johnson comes through, our fourth out of five outright winners in the last five events feels very good. 30 to one odds on him. Ship that one. So that saved the week and made it actually a, a positive week just in general. But now we're going to a different course and we're getting away from these Pete dies and it's going to be a longer course. It's over 7,300 yards. Those off the tee driver guys can actually take them out for the majority of the holes for once and Bryson DeChambeau in this field and the Vegas odds are going to implicate that seven to one, six to one in some spots plus 650 in a lot of spots. Uh, he's going to have a very nice advantage here. Finally, right? He's been just uh, taking the driver out as spots he shouldn't be and just uh, absolutely absolutely cutting corners and things like that. So we'll see how it goes. What we're going to do here, if you are new, I'm going to quickly just discuss this course, discuss the field, and then we're going to get right into it by the salary ranges. I'm going to go nine, eight, seven, six. I'm going to identify players that I like. I'm going to tell you why I like them. I'm not just going to be out there spewing nothing. I'm going to give you examples and reasons and data and information as to why I like those players. And then on Wednesday, Wednesday around noon, we're going to come back for a live stream. So be sure to hit the like button. Big old subscribe button's on the screen right now. Hit that. And then on Wednesday on noon, if you hit the notification bell, you'll be notified of when I go live if you want to ask any questions from me, myself, and I. And then also over on Patreon right now is the best time to start sign up at the start of the month. The best value you'll get out of that. Not only do you get golf, but you get every other sport that's currently going on that I specifically cover. But for golf, you get a Wednesday Closing Thoughts podcast. I talk about ownership. I talk about my specific plays in there as well. That's going to be going out on Wednesday afternoon slash mornings. And then you get my projections, golf and rankings, and all of my models over there. So be sure to sign up. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and get it. It's been a very good start to the return of golf the last three weeks. Let's see if we can close up that month span with the Rocket Mortgage. Like I said, they're heading to Detroit for the second time. $7,300 golf course. It's designed by Donald Ross and you have a par 72 with bent grass greens. Uh, Again, it debuted last year and who you had winning last year. The cut line, first of all, was five under, which was the lowest cut line that we've seen in the past four years. Then you ended up seeing Nate Lashley win this damn thing by six strokes, which is the most since I think uh, Rory did it a couple years back. And what the Rocket Mortgage and really what the overall Detroit Golf Club said, was the thing was too easy and it was pretty obvious based on the low scores that were going so they were going to increase the rough so it's kind of hard to get an idea of like how much more difficult it's going to be who's going to be better here I would say that scramblers to an extent although that's a little bit of a skewed stat I'd say that obviously approach play is still going to be important here and I guess I can just talk on my key stats that I'm looking at this week I always look at approach well tee to green if you're new to here uh, strokes gain tee to green is the one mecca stat that I think you should always stem down from but approach play I think is very good to look at and your ball striking here off the tee has not really mattered in the past here but when a guy like Bryson's in the field 
I'm going to be looking at off the tee a decent amount more, just at least in my opinion overall. And I think that's going to be weighted for him, guys like Tony Finau, those types of guys. You could even throw Victor Hovland in there. So I do think that off the tee is going to matter here. Overall, like it won't, but relative to what the last three courses that we're going to be seeing, it's going to matter a lot more. Like last year off the tee didn't prove to be as meaningful here, but I do think that that's one, a small sample. And two, Bryson DeChambeau was not the Bryson DeChambeau that he is right now. So the things that I'm looking at right now, strokes gain, ball striking, strokes gain approach. Off the tee, I'm going to look at more than probably most people. Uh, Par five scoring. There's four par fives here. Um, That's more than you usually see. You're normally seeing three on most courses. Birdie or better, I always want to look at scores as well. And then driving distance, 296 yards is the average here compared to the tour average of 283. That's just because, well, this isn't a 7,100 yard course. It's 7,300. So I do think that matters. Greens and regulation has 72% hit rate, one of the highest on tour. So it was easy to hit these. It was just an easy course in general. So we'll see easy to get in the fairways. Um, Seems to line up as an easy course. So if you could just hit it straight and Bryson's been able to do that and stay accurate and just have distance, you can set yourself up for a lot of birdie and even eagle opportunities on those par fives. So Nate Lashley is your defending champ. Doc Redman, I believe Monday qualified last year and he ended up finishing second. And Doc Redman is somebody who's trending in a very good direction. I'm sure we'll talk about him today. And I mean, I know we will. I put together the show sheet. We definitely will. So let's get into this, starting it off right now in the 10K plus range. I'm pretty much just going to identify guys that I like. And let's be honest here. This field is nowhere near as good as the past three. The past three guys hadn't played in three months. They came out, they got some wins, whether it was Webb, he's back in this one, actually. DJ, those types of players. DJ was expected to play, but he won. So I guess he's just not showing up to this event. So what you end up getting here is just a a top heavy field where honestly, once you hit like the 8k range it starts to fall off to guys who are in the 6k range in the last few weeks that's how much of a field drop this is it's going to be reflected in the vegas odds i already saw some guys on twitter kind of i'm just snarling at the vegas odds a little bit and i agree you were getting guys in the 30s and 40s and 50s that you can feel good about hatton was 60 to 1 what two weeks ago and now hatton's coming in here at 12 to 1 like the co-favorite or the third favorite in this thing it's pretty crazy so up top we'll start with none other than bryson DeChambeau. and if you've been watching my videos the last three weeks i've been building balanced and it's major fields and what that means is there's very cheap players who were very good because there's just so many good players in it. They just naturally have to put guys who in most fields, like a Victor Hovland, who was in the 7K range last week, now in a smaller field is in the 10K range, right? You look at guys like Hatton, who was 8K flat two weeks ago. He's now the third most expensive player. The fields were deep, right? Now they're not. And now I care about paying up top. And I think you can go up top here. And I think you can go all the way up top with Bryson, who's been absolutely crushing it. Like look at Bryson's finishes this year, ready? Uh, in his last uh, seven starts right now, or last six starts, a fifth, a second, a fourth, a third, an eighth, and a sixth. Bryson to shamble. I'll declare him if nobody else will based on the rankings. I believe he's the best player in the world right now based on how he's been playing let's just say in his last five events compared to anybody else's last five events i think bryson dechambeau is the number one player in the world and this is coming from a guy who loves roy this is coming from a guy who really likes john rom jt is fine as well but this is a situation where bryson just playing so well and now he's been dominating these last three courses a third and eighth a six he comes in picks up 10.6 strokes t to green right off of the break at the charles swab last week he ends up picking up five strokes with the putter to finish sixth. just every single thing is pretty much clicking for this guy and obviously you know what he's doing with the driver and now he's coming into a spot where it's actually he can open it up. He could take out driver, I don't know, 12 times, maybe even 14 times at this course right now. Obviously, the poor, the four par fives. So you're going to have a huge advantage there with Bryson. I don't want to bet him seven to one because I just hate betting smaller odds. I'd rather just get a couple of other guys in the 20s and 30s. So my money can go a longer way long term, if you know what I mean there. But Bryson, I feel very good about him in DraftKings. Your only issue is that he's 11,700. So you are prioritizing your lineup around him. He's probably going to be highly owned. Um, but this is the first time probably all year in 2020 that I've liked the most expensive player this much. 
normally that guy is Rory or he's been playing a lot of golf. And then normally I just say, okay, I'm not going to get there. Uh, but Bryson's on a different wavelength right now. And his advantage here over everybody else is going to be, I'd say pretty glaring. So Webb's back in the field. So you have Webb, another pass winner two weeks ago, back in the field. Lots of winners up here with Hatton recently winning. Reed has won so far this year. Hovland's won this year. So all the 10K range uh, filled with a lot of guys who are proven winners. So I think he's okay to get to if you want to end up getting to Webb. Um, $11,000 slap. Yeah, it's a pretty good, de- decent discount off of Bryson. Uh, you could honestly tell me that Webb should be the main favorite in this one. Bryson obviously has a lot of public action, everything going on at Twitter, getting a lot more recognition. Um, but Webb has won more recently. Webb has won twice this year. Bryson, you could say, should have won a couple of times this year. Uh, probably one time choking it away earlier this season, I believe, at the WGC. But Webb has looked very, very good. I mean, the guy's won two times in his last four outings and he's just been sh- straight up great everywhere. Putting, obviously, we know he's going to be good in the short game. His tee to green game has really come on. So if you want to go to Webb, that's fine. I'll lean Bryson there right now early in the week. Hatton, I like a lot as well at 10,700. I might even lean Hatton over Webb depending on what ownership looks like. If for some reason Hatton is over owned compared to Webb, which I don't expect to happen, I'll end up going there. But Hatton's been just as good. I mean, you talk about Webb winning two times in his last four outings. Hatton's done very similar things. And then last week or his last time out, he finished a third at the RBC Heritage where he led coming down the stretch on the back nine. So Hatton's somebody who I like a lot. I'd I'd right now rank it without knowing ownership, um, Bryson, Hatton, and Simpson. The rest of the 10K range is probably not a spot that I'm going to get to as much. Patrick Reed, I'm just personally staying away. I know a lot of people see some things clicking with his game in the right direction. That's fine. He'll probably be a wait and see approach for me. Hideki, again, the last time we saw him the first time back didn't look great. Could be a sleeper option in the 10K range. That's the only reason I have him as an X if he ends up being like 5% owned in the 10K range. And then Victor Hovland's price point is just not something I want to get to compared to some of the 9K range guys. I know how good he's been, right? Three straight top 25 finishes. Victor Hovland, if he can just get his around the green play and overall his his putting to go, Victor Hovland is going to win tournaments. He's going to finish top 10. Like if he was decent with the putter or around the green in the last three events since coming back from the break, Victor Hovland would have had three straight probably top 10 finishes, ready? He's finished 23rd, 21st, and 11th. And what, he's, what has he done? He's gained nothing with the putter when he finished 23rd, uh, lost overall 1.5 strokes uh, in short game, and then lost last week 2.8 strokes all with the putter. So that's been his issue. Again, that's something that's going to be up and down. It's been down as of late. So if you want to ride the trend, but when you want to know how long it's been down for, he has gained with the putter one time in his last six events. So it's hard to really want to rely on that. But everything else with the guy's game is clicking. Right now in this field, he's ranked number one in ball striking, number one off the tee, number two in approach, and number two tee to green. He's playing as one of the best players in the world. The issue is uh, he's ranked right now 152nd around the green and 87th with the putter. So summarizing that 10K range, Bryson, Hatton, Webb, Hovland, and then Matsusama, Reed. That's how I would kind of rank it. I'm not going to go that in depth on all the ranges, but the 6K range is pretty atrocious this week, so we don't have to spend a lot of time there. But that is the 10K range. Getting into the 9K range now, it's going to start off with Sanjay, who Sanjay ended up making the cut on the number. He made the cut on the last hole. He had to birdie the last hole on 18. I think it was actually the ninth hole on that. Uh, He started on the back nine that day, Uh, but he actually had to birdie it. He ends up birdieing it, and he finishes 58th, but he scored a good amount, right? And what was his issues? He lost two strokes on approach. His putter got a little bit cold again, which is not something we're used to. So this is a trend to watch. He was bad at the Heritage, where he's now been bad two years in a row at the Heritage, lost 4.4 strokes with the putter. He lost a stroke to the field with the putter as well this past week and two strokes on approach. So he ended up losing total strokes, 0.7 total strokes lost um, outside of the Heritage last week. That was the first time that he's done that since the Genesis. And the last time that he's lost strokes in back-to-back contests was all the way back in last June, the Memorial and the Charles Schwab of last year. So I'm not totally scared. It's not like we've seen something really, really wrong with him right now. It's just a couple of bad things. And obviously he made the cut, so you can't be too worried, but he's $9,800. I prefer Sanjay to Hovland this week if the ownership is going to say that. We'll end up seeing what it looks like, but I do like Sanjay. Right now I'm flirting with betting him at 25 to one. I see it's dropping to 22 in some spots. So I'm gonna have to be quick on that. I've already placed three bets. Uh, He would be my fourth bet. Ricky, I'm not gonna go to. I know a lot of people wanna play him here, um, but he's now priced back up. It is an easier field to win in, yes, but his game just individually is not something I'll probably wait on right now. Um, Tony Finau is somebody that I'm gonna get to. I continue to play Tony Finau, $9,300. I think it's actually a fair price point for this type of a field. I think he actually has win upside in this field. 33 to one, 
it's a very tempting number for me. Obviously, a guy who hasn't won outside of the Puerto Rico Open, but Tony Finau is a guy that I end up getting to um, a good amount of the time. 9,300, he, unlike Sanjay, missed the cut. He added a birdie to the last hole. He ends up missing the cut based on not hitting it. So that's fine. I go down to Kevin Na. Kevin Na's game clicked the entire weekend. Now, he was actually in contention. The fact that DJ kind of ran away with it a little bit, and then it was kind of, does he blow this whole lead DJ on Sunday? Uh, it, it led for Kevin Na not to be able to kind of put up a big score on Sunday. Since DJ came in with a decent lead already, and DJ going three under just kind of uh, pushed him away a little bit. But Kevin Knott gained 10.3 strokes to green in this last event, 5.6 with the putter. So this is something to keep an eye on. I placed a bet on him at 45 to one, but it is important. And he's 9,100 in this field. I do like that for Kevin Knott. We know the guy's a winner. Um, I mean, the guy pretty much has been winning on tour uh, like one time per year. Last year, he won at the Charles Schwab and the Shriners. So we know that this guy can win. If you want to go back even further, he won at the Greenbrier back in 2018. Finished T5 at the Travelers. But this is the issue. Like he gained 5.6 strokes with the putter, which we know he's a good putter. He's fifth ranked in the entire uh, world in the putter right now in this in this field at least. Um, but everything else was clicking for him. So that's good to see. It's now been back-to-back events that everything's been clicking. He did miss the cut at the Charles Schwab, but he actually lost strokes with the putter there, but was good everywhere else. So he's been good in every single spot that I really like to look at. Lately, pretty much since the break has started, been good at tee to green, been good on approach, good around the green. So I think you're getting a nice discount on Kevin Na right now. Like I would rather be playing, like Kevin Na, in my opinion, based on how people are currently playing, should be more expensive than Bubba, should be more expensive, honestly, than Ricky. So I think there's a nice discount for this field on Kevin Na 9100. Scotty Scheffler was my, I believe, second highest on golfer last week to to Victor Hovland, which Hovland worked out, but Scotty Scheffler ruined me. Scotty Scheffler missed the cut on the number last week. So I think he'll rub a lot of people the wrong way. I think he'll be highly owned once again, though, just based on the field that we're in. I do like Scotty. He just had to shoot even last week. There was four holes left and he ends up blowing that. He ends up finishing plus three and then the cut line moved and it was pretty obvious. You can see it coming if you're somebody who follows golf from a decent margin away that the cut line was going to move. So Scheffler at $9,000. I do like him. Uh, in this range, it's going to be very close for me. I might even rank it. So I think I'm going to make Fee now right now a yes. I think I'm going to make just all four of these guys yeses um, because in the 9K range, I'm going to make right now, Tony Fina, if you're listening on the podcast, I already had Sanjay and Kevin Na as yes in terms of I'm interested in. If it's an N, it's a no. If it's an X, it means I have to think about it more, but I probably like them and have some. I'm going to make all of Sanjay, Fina, Kevin Na, and Scotty Scheffler yeses. I usually don't do that. Bubba and Ricky Fowler, I won't get too much of. If I had to say any of these guys that probably slide down to a maybe, it would be Sanjay depending on ownership. And then if, if Sanjay slides down to a maybe, Hovland would probably spike up to a yes. Uh, that'll be the difference between those two, whichever one is lower owned. I think this is the thing though. Like uh, Hovland comes in with shorter odds and a higher price point because he's played good for three straight weeks, which he has. He's been playing fantastic. And for the last two weeks, Sanjay has struggled. But Sanjay is a much better golfer overall right now. If we're just talking about a better product, Hovland has the upside to be a better golfer, but it's just been a two week span of him being the better golfer. So I don't want to get too crazy like the markets are right now. So I'll still be siding with Sanjay. Getting down to the 8K range now, it's going to start off with a guy in Harris English who's been playing very good. Harris English, if you just want to see where he ranks right now, he's number one in good drives. If you want to use a fantasy national stat, how many times he finds the fairway and greens and regulation. The issue with that though is when you're looking at this course right here, everybody's going to have an easy time finding the greens based on last year, unless these roughs just become something crazy. And everybody's going to have a pretty good easy time, at least finding the fairways based on last year compared to the average. So I'm not as concerned with that, but it's at least good to say that his game is set up for this place. I guess you can say uh, total strokes game. He's second in this entire field. So I think that stands out at 8,900. Uh, Roy Sabatini actually played here last year, finished T3. Sabs is a guy who's interesting because he's he's very expensive for this course. I don't really want to pay 8,800 for him, but I'll have some interest. I expect him to be maybe a below 10% owned guy. And he's been playing very good golf, pretty sneaky. I mean, since he's come back, he's made both both cuts, right? He played at the Charles Schwab, finished 14th, finished 21st at the RBC. So flirted with two top 20s. He's just looked good. Now the putter has been a big reason why he's looked good. And that's not something you could usually rely on. Gained 5.5 strokes at the Charles Schwab, 1.6 with the putter at the RBC, but you want the putter to always work. And it's going to matter here. The thing to look at is in four straight contests and events, he's gained strokes T to green and three straight he's gained strokes on approach and in five straight around the green. So Sabs' game has been clicking. It does worry me a little bit that he is 8,800. If he was like 82, I'd feel a lot better. 
better. And I'm sure a lot of people would because the putter has been very, very hot. The second that putter goes and like two weeks ago, we saw a Patrick Reed. If the putter goes even a little bit, even if he just loses like a half a stroke, there's a good chance that Rory Sabatini misses the cut. And if he makes the cut, it's a good chance that he's finishing like T40, T50. And at this price point at 8,800, it's not going to get it done for you. So I have to think a little bit more on him. Please do take a second of your time right now. If you're still listening on YouTube and hit that like button for a second and the big old subscribe button that just popped up and hit the notification bell so you can know when I go live tomorrow. I really do appreciate that. This video and this podcast is sponsored by Superdraft. Superdraft, if you want to use the promo code SAL, that is S-A-L, you will get a $10 deposit bonus upon your first deposit. It's just a multiplier format. I play over there in Superdraft. They now have 5K to first contest. Big Those are huge contests for Superdraft. So it's much different. You get multipliers. You can play any single player that you want. And the best players will have a 1X multiplier. So one times their points. Some of the worst will have a 2X. So you can kind of build this little puzzle of your own and be very unique in that way. So try it out. If you want 10 free dollars to play with upon deposit, go ahead, check it out. Superdraft. It's linked down below. Promo code is Sal, easy S-A-L. You'll get $10. Check that out. Support me, support my work, but you also get a little bit of a, a gambling little bonus there for yourself. JT posting a Jason Day right now. I'm not going to have much interest in, but the man of the hour right now is Doc Redman. Doc Redman, after being 8% on, which is pretty high for a guy who was going 1% and 1% the two previous weeks, uh, but he's been playing very well, trending, making all three of the cuts. He goes from 58th at the Charles Schwab, 21st at the RBC, and then 11th last week. And he finished 11th even after losing over two strokes in the short game, 1.7 with a putter, 0.4 around the green. But the reason why he gained nine strokes T to green week before that 6.3 week before that 0.6 and his approach play has been extremely extremely hot and this is something that he's going to be known for in this field right now Doc Redman comes in as the fourth best ball striker seventh off the tee and the fourth best approach player what do I want here what did I say at the top of the show I'll be waiting approach and ball striking very heavily or, or probably to the highest degree in par five scoring and then also off the tee more than most people well he checks all those boxes now he's 8500 but I think he deserves to be it's crazy that his price point shooting up like two thousand dollars I got him at 55 to one I better place on him I, I placed a bet on him this morning once the books dropped the odds. He finished second here last year. He's now down to 45 to one. And I think 40 to one in some places. So yeah, the recent plays look very good from him. This type of a field, I think he actually has win upside in at 8,500. I think he's going to be a name that you hear a lot of. So hopefully he doesn't get popular to the point where he's like 20% owned and he can just stay in the tens or the high single digits. So I do like him. The issue is the putter though. So, I mean, this is a guy who around the green has not gained strokes around the green and either around the green or putting. So the short game at all, since we've gone back from the break, he's 111th in putting. He's 148th in this field around the green. So one of the worst around the green players and definitely one of the worst overall putters and short game players in this field. So if he's going to get chalky, like listen right now, ready? I have a bet placed on him. So that's fine. I don't have to worry about ownership when I'm placing a bet at 55 to one. But if every single person talks about him, as I've already seen on the podcast and on Twitter and stuff, and he goes from being a 1% owned guy two weeks ago who can't putt to now he's just being very hot with his irons and he's been very, very good ball striking, very good off the tee. And now he's going to start to be honestly like 18 to 20% owned. That's the spot where I go, you know what? Everybody's getting a little overhyped on a hot run and I think he's playing well. So I got the bet on him, but in DraftKings, I'm going to fade him. So don't be scared to kind of take stands on these guys. I think he's a very good play right now at 8,500, but if he starts to be 15 to 20 plus percent owned and he's a terrible putter, there's obviously outs to his game that can really mess him up here. Rest of the AK range, Lucas Glover stands out as somebody who's been playing very, very well, finishing like T25 or better every time he's been suiting up lately. And then EVR is okay, but at 8K, I probably don't end up getting there, but that's it. Like the AK range, you can see these are guys who were literally in the 6K range a few weeks ago. Most of them were in the 7K range. I mean, uh, uh, Doc Redman, Lucas Glover, we're used to those guys being in the 6K range, EVR, the low 7K range. Now let's get to the 7k range right now. And I will call out that on Patreon on Wednesday, I'll have the closing thoughts podcast, the projections and the overall rankings will probably go up either on Tuesday. Tomorrow's my birthday, actually June 30th. So I'll either put those up tomorrow. I'll just put them up Wednesday morning as well. So you can support me over on Patreon. No better time than right now. Not only is it the golf stuff, it's also going to be NBA once that returns in one short month from now. It's also uh, all the league of legends and esports stuff. If you're interested in that still, and then I also have MMA content as well. So go ahead, check all that out and take advantage of everything that's out there to you. So let's get to the 7k range. So I spent a lot of time on eight to 10k because those are the guys that actually matter the most the ones that you're going to be dividing between because 
they're going to have the most ownership. Now, some of the guys in the 7K range will, but honestly, the 6K range sucks. <laughs> the, the, like 6,500 and below is just so, so bad because look, you've had loaded fields. So some guys have fallen down there that are actually good. Now you don't have those guys. Now you don't have guys showing up to this event. So in the 7K range, Brian Harmon's a name that stands out because, well, a lot of people are on him. I actually faded him that week just because of ownership. Look, when a guy doesn't have a lot of flashy win upside and it's really just cut upside and top 25, top 30 upside, but he starts to become 15% on. I think he came in at 14% on and 16% on in cash at the Travelers. Just not a guy that I want to end up getting to. And he goes out and he misses the cut and he has an uncharacteristic putting performance. And that's exactly what I'm saying with these other guys. Like if a guy like Doc Redman goes out there and it's not un- uncharacteristic for him to suck with the putter, but if he sucks on approach uncharacteristically from what we've been seeing, he's not going to make the cut or he's going to finish pretty badly for the price point. You had Brian Harmon, who in six straight events was gaining strokes with his putter and doing it in a very good way, two plus strokes. Then he loses 3.7 with the putter at the Travelers and he misses the cut. Like those things end up happening. And when they're highly owned, it's the best time to be off of them. So Harmon, if he burnt too many people, he missed the cut here last year. If people don't want to go back to him, I'll go back to him at 7,900 because overall, he's been playing very well since the break came back, uh, gaining 5.7 strokes and 4.8 strokes before losing a half a stroke overall last week and missing the cup. So if people have want to want to have a short sided mindset and he goes back down to being where he normally is owned at like 6%, I'll get to some Brian Harmon at 7,900. Brendan Todd, we just saw Brendan Todd, uh, thankfully, Brendan Todd choking it away, almost putting up a snowman, shooting a seven on the back nine to open it up to DJ. I think that was hole 12, if, I'm, if I recall correctly, to open it up to DJ to take the lead and then never look back at that point. Todd at 7,800. A lot of people might just jump off of Brendan Todd here. Um, he played very well. He had a very, very good, I believe it was a, a very good Saturday that put him into contention. Then he blew up on Sunday in a major way. So Todd 7,800 still interesting just based on how well he's been playing. And we know when he gets hot, he can really string performances together. Brendan Grace had some issues. He was, was improving with the putter, but had some issues overall. HV3 just never gets respect, even in a small field. Like HV3 right now is just $7,600. I never like playing this guy. I think I said that last week, but he's always like 2% owned. And he's the guy who has upside. Like, yes, he missed the cut at the Heritage, but 32nd at the Travelers, 19th, 36th, 42nd, 13th. Like this is a guy who's finding his game right now. His issue is his short game overall. HV3, you're going to have to hold your breath when he goes up there to putt 122nd overall, but he's sixth in ball striking in this field, sixth in approach, fifth in T to green. If you told me HV3 was $8,400 in this field, based on who's currently in the 8K range, I'd say, okay, I guess it makes sense relative to this slate. So at 7,600, I'm actually going to make HV3 a yes right now for me. Uh, he's currently a, a, a maybe uh, based on the sheet if you're listening on the podcast, but he's going to be a yes for me. Also, if you're listening on the podcast weekly, I'm going to be giving away for this show a $50 giveaway for all the people that review the podcast that week. Only like three or four people have so far this week. So pretty good odds to get it. So you can go on iTunes, the Sal Battery Show, leave a five-star rating and review. It honestly takes, if you have an app or you're on a laptop or anything that can connect to the internet, probably around one minute of your time. So go ahead, check that out. You're probably going to honestly have like a 25% chance of winning 50 bucks. So let's keep going now as we get below the $7,500 range. Will Gordon just earned, I believe his tour card. He looked pretty good. I'll have some interest in him, not too much. And then to the low seven carries. Not a lot of guys in the seven carries overall. What do we have here overall? We have like 25 guys in the seven carries. That's it. So a lot of guys you can tell are in that six K range loading up in the six K range. I will have some Monday qualifiers. I, I'm, I'm sure we will by the end of it. Agrio's down here at 7,100. Just your obvious, uh, always I'll call out that this guy is ranked right now. Number one in approach in this field. He's number three in ball striking. He fits this course nicely outside of the fact that he's terrible with the putter everywhere ranks 150th around the green and 152nd with the putter. He is literally with that combination, the worst short game player in this field right now. That is not good. So if you want to play him, hold your breath, hope he makes the cut. And then whatever he does after that, oh, well, Kyle Stanley at $7,100. I believe I was listening to Mayo's research podcast. Shout out to Matt. 
Pat Mayo. I'm not sure if you ever listened to any of these, but uh, check out all Pat Mayo stuff if you haven't. I'm sure you have. Uh, but he was talking about Kyle Stanley. I, I ended up looking at him. A lot of these low 7K range guys I usually spend a little bit of time looking on, but not much. Um, the game trending in the right direction if the approach play goes is pretty much what Mayo was saying. So I'm going to star him right now. I'll look more into him on my own to kind of make a judgment on it. But um, for right now, things were trending in the right direction for somebody who hasn't found his game in a little while now. Overall on tour, though, pretty much a top 20 player when it comes to the ball striking. 11th in approach right now is pretty good. Sebastian Munoz is somebody else I'll call out. But the guy that I really like down here, I already placed a bet on him on 20, 125 to 1, is going to be a guy who I think sets up to the course nicely. He pops in my specific model that I do with early projections and things like that. And it's Tom Hogue. Tom Hogue at the beginning of the year, if you remember, was balling out. Lately, he's been like 1% owned, but he was balling out. He finished sixth. Well, we'll start all the way back at the Sony 12th, a sixth and a fifth and a 25th. So four straight top 25s with three top 12s in there and two top 10s. And then he comes out and he finishes 15th at a tough event at the Arnold Palmer, misses the first two cuts, and then this past week finishes 37th. Now, why did he miss the first two cuts off of the break? Well, he lost 4.9 strokes with the putter, which is not something that I usually expect Tom Holm to do because Tom Holm is a pretty average putter, especially for this price range. And then the, the RBC Heritage, he was just kind of, eh, he was average everywhere. The around the green play kind of sucked a little bit, but he was good back at the Travelers. So $7,000, Tom Hogue. This is a guy who, again, uh, you told me he was 7,700 in this field. I'd say, yeah, that makes sense to me. I think he does have upside to make the cut. I think he has upside to win this event. I don't think it's very good upside, but we've seen him place top six two times this year. So maybe not win the whole thing, but I think he has top 10 upside. And at that price point of 7,000, I ended up getting him for a top 10 finish and I got him for an outright 125 to one on the outright. So $7,000 actually like that as a cheaper option. Now let's get to this dreaded 6K range, if we will. Uh, the 6K range now, I'm going to go through it pretty quickly because I don't want to spend a lot of time here. Honestly, these guys are just, none of them are going to be owned. So that's the thing to say, right? These guys in the 6K range, maybe somebody hits five or 6%, like you've seen from a couple of guys in the past couple of weeks, but none of them are going to be all that crazily owned. But Pat and Kazire, who had a very good weekend, was actually in contention somewhat on Sunday is up here. Ryan Armour has been looking good recently. I've been playing a lot of Sam Burns recently. Sam Burns, the, these guys are just guys that you want to make the cut at this point, but also have upside to contend. Sam Burns, if you're trying to call out just one part of his game that's going to be good or something that's going to stand out the most for you, it's the fact that his putter can get hot and his off the tee play is going to be good. So if he can set himself up to not have to hit the most difficult approach shots this week, he can set himself up nicely when he gets to the green and off the tee. If those two things click, it can make for a nice recipe for him. Sam Burns recently a 24th finish at the Travelers, a 36th at the Honor Palmer. His best finish this year was a six at the Amex. I think he's fine. We've seen the putter get very hot. We saw it happen at the Arnold Palmer in the Honda where he gained 4.6 strokes and 5.4. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Last week, we saw the tee to green get hot due to a very nice off the tee week. So he's fine. Lanto's here again. If you know me, you know, I play Lanto. I played Lanto. He ended up being, I think it was Jason Roslin. I'm going to be going on an awesome show later today. Um, ended up telling me what was your best lineup so we can talk about that. So Lanto was in that one, believe it or not, after missing the first, the previous two cuts. He went four under on a Friday, two weeks ago, I believe at the Heritage. And then he came out and he played very good golf with the Travelers, just very consistent golf. I think Rick just missed the top 20 on him I saw on Twitter, but I like what I saw at the Travelers out of Lanto. He goes, he's just been seesawing between like 6,300, then 68, then 63. Now he's back up to 68. So I like Lanto. He's probably the guy I like the most in this range. I'm probably biased just because I always play the guy. And then it's just a list of guys. Hadley's game is fine. Wolf is way too cheap for what the upside possesses. Like Wolf's odds right now are 110 to one to win this thing, but you're looking at him in the $6,800 range. Based on his odds to win, he should be like a $7,400 golfer. So I think there's some value there. Harry Higgs sets up nicely when it comes to off the tee at this event and just overall strokes gain total. He ranks 15th in this field. And then you keep getting lower. Cameron Tringali is a guy who blew up for me last week. Lanto and Tringali were the two 6K range guys that I guess you can say I took a stance on. Two of the 6K range guys. I think Matthew Naismith as well, which that didn't work out. Tringali is a guy who can get hot. He did not get hot last week because he lost 6.4 strokes tee to green, which is not good at all after gaining tee to green in his two previous events, although we didn't see him for a while since he pulled out. So he looked very bad last week. So I, I don't know. I don't want to get too confident in going or have no confidence in going back to him is what I should say. So I'm probably going to end up making him a, a maybe instead of a outright yes down here. So Lanto will be my only yes. And then it's just it's just taking changes on any of these other guys in Cam Piercy and Matt Jones. You're trying to hope for one thing. Their putter 
putter to get hot or their approach play to get hot, which is something that for a lot of these guys doesn't happen often. And then the $6,400 in blow range, I'll be honest with you, there's not a lot down here. Uh, Zing Zhu Zhang at $6,100 is probably the cheapest I would go this week. And then after that, I probably don't go anything below. Bill Haas is 6200 Honestly, I'm not playing Bill Haas. I'm going to make him a no. Like, I'm not doing that. We did the Bill Haas thing the other week and it worked out pretty nicely. I'm not doing it again. Aaron Baddeley at $6,200. Steve Stricker, another old man at 6300 I would say that the guy I like the most is CT Pan because we know that that guy has went upside. We know that CT Pan is actually good with his irons. The issue is that his putter is absolutely atrocious and his off the tee play is not that great. And this is a longer course, but $6,400 CT Pan is probably the guy I like the most. And then Zing Zhu Zhang is a guy that I probably end up betting outright, if anything, although I'm probably not going to bet him outright, but he's $6,100. He's another guy whose game clicks in a lot of areas, to be honest with you. Like you're not really worried about him anywhere. The putter in the short game is concerning, but for 6,100, it's actually really good compared to other guys down here. It's just a matter of this guy can get hot for one round and be a first round leader, second, third round leader. The issue of him putting together back-to-back rounds has been an issue. So uh, Zing Zhu Zhang at 6,100 is probably the spot that I would go if anything. So thank you for tuning into this one. This is going to be our must draft golfers for this week at the Rocket Mortgage. So I'm pretty excited for that. Have some outright bets already. Might place one on either Finau and or Sunjayam. That would get me to four or five bets in the week. So far, I got Tom Hogue 125 to one. I also have currently Kevin Na 45 to one and Doc Redman 55 to one. So best of luck this week. I'll be back on Wednesday. So hit the like button, hit the big old subscribe button. I appreciate all that. And I will be back this week later on Wednesday at noon Eastern time to be doing a live chat for an hour. So be sure to be there for that notification bell, subscribe on all that. Check out Superdraft promo code SAL, S-A-L, 10 free dollars upon your first deposit. You play all their contests over there. They have a very good contest this week and there's usually rakes. So go ahead and check that out. And then finally, sign up for Patreon down below. My projections, my rankings, all those things will be down there. We've been very, very hot so far, four to five outright winners, but also very hot in DraftKings in general, the season, but also since the break has come back. You can check those out. Closing thoughts podcast. I talk about ownership, my specific plays. All those things will be out on Wednesday on Patreon only. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you all in the next one.